Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Liverpool Comedy Improv Cast with me, Ian Luke Jones. And this week when I say with me, Ian Luke Jones, I actually mean with me, your guest, Ian Luke Jones, because this week I am the guest. This is episode 25. It's a celebration of the show making it to episode 25 who knew we could get this far when we started and people from the community have been saying to me for a while when are you going to be a guest on the show and this week i am delighted to say that jeff head came back and this time he played the role of host and he plays it supremely well he put me into the hot seat and he uh put me in the position that so many people have been in with me asking the questions but he asks the questions he's a wonderful host and i really uh, think you're gonna enjoy this episode of the podcast this podcast is available on apple podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts if you're listening on apple podcasts please leave us a five star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there now it's time to go off script and find out my true story about making stuff up. Today's guest is the self-confessed, well, according to his Facebook anyway, shaper of minds, creator of arts, maker of dreams, and the rhythm of hearts. And may I also add, he's my mate, a lovely fella, and also the muse behind his podcast, Mr. Ian Luke Jones. Hi, Ian. Hello. Wow, that was such a good introduction that I, I feel I should really put more effort into my introductions moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird being on the other end. <laughs> well, welcome to your podcast. And uh, we thought that as you had sat and listened to, is it 24 of our LCI family or 25? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, there's been 24 before this. This is uh, episode 25. So you're the, the silver anniversary, aren't you? Yeah, you're the, yeah? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so we just thought that it was your turn to tell us about yourself. Um, I just feel really honoured and uh, I'm privileged to take over the reins for one week. Um, and I suppose we'd better just jump in and ask, how did you get into the wonderful world that we call improv? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a question I ask everyone. And what I love about it is I've never had anyone that's given me the same answer because, you know, we all we all get into it in our own ways. And for me... It was actually something I discovered initially when I was very young. When I was six, I went to sort of a drama workshops on right. Saturdays in a place called Theatre Cluid in Mould. Okay. It was one of those things, uh, you know, when I was young, my parents, they, they loved to give us opportunities to try lots of different things. And I remember going to the first one, that was me, my brother and sister, some cousins, and like my brother and sister came out, they absolutely hated it. It wasn't for them at all. And I remember being a bit gutted that they hated it so much because I was like, oh no, I really enjoyed that. And if they say they don't like it, it probably means I'm not going to get to go. But fortunately, um, no, my mum said, no, if you like it, we'll continue to take you. And some of my cousins really enjoyed it. And then mm -hmm. my best friend uh, got to come along with his brother as well and you know there was a good group of us when we were six seven eight nine ten eleven for through those years saturdays we'd go 
to Theatre Cluid and we do these three hours every week and it was just so much fun and improv was always just a warm-up activity there was just improv games so it wasn't it wasn't ever sold to us as improv but it was something that was planted in my brain from a young age oh yeah i love these games and then i'd say as a teenager i discovered whose lines anyway uh, the old channel four version used to be on friday nights and i fell in love with it and yeah, brilliant, brilliant show. I I actually used to play it when I was about sort of fourteen, fifteen. Uh, I used to play it around at my mate's house, and I used to get fully involved in it, and we just love it. It was just it was just a group of mates just messing around, but we tried to play out the format of the show. But it was just it was just silly, silly fun and games. And I actually I loved drama for many many years. I loved drama always the silly side of drama but i sort of got disillusioned with acting in high school because my drama teacher and i just did not gel he was super serious he loved the the serious dark twisted side of drama and i just wanted everything to be light-hearted and just to have a laugh at everything send myself up just be silly with those around me and we just clashed <laughs> And I ended up, <laughs> I ended up drifting away from drama, really. And I, I fell into music, and I really loved my music teacher. He was my form teacher the whole time I was in high school. We had a really great rapport, and yeah, music was more for me. And my music teacher gave me this wonderful opportunity to sing a solo in Joseph when we did Joseph and His Amazing Technical the Dreamcoat. I was about. Oh, yeah. I think I was 14 or 15 at the time, and that was a massive game changer for me. It changed, changed my life because that really focused me on the music. And I had a band that I'd started and I went to, I finished my GCSEs and then I ended up going to uh, Yale College in Wrexham and I studied uh, performing arts and I specialized in popular music, but I got to do bits of drama and bits of dance as well. And again, through the drama, there were these warm-up games that were all improv-based that I was like, oh, yeah, I remember these from when I was young. I used to love these. And this, oh, this is kind of like that show I watched, Who's Lines It Anyway? And it was just something that I always really loved. And I was actually very shy as, as a child and as a teenager, unless I was performing. If you put me on a stage, I was a completely different person, or you put me in that sort of drama environment i'd come alive but the rest of the time i was always pretty chilled pretty quiet unless you were in my close circle of friends and then you got to see what yeah. i really like and <laughs> i i always loved that freedom of sort of improv and drama and music and just being on stage and being someone else on stage and then after college finished i sort of got into adulting a bit more and my main passion for a long time was music and yeah. i would improv things on stage without it being improv again i used to do this little song at the start of a gig i'd come out for my sound check and i used to make up a song on the spot based on whatever and you know again improv was there but it wasn't truly there but i would always my whole life i've watched who's line i always just come back to who's line i can re-watch them over and over again absolutely yeah. love that show and then it was the start of 2020 the start of last year i think it was january february time 
I discovered on Amazon Prime they had a few seasons of the newer Who's line uh, that they've been doing in America. And the American I, I, Yeah, and I was just binge watching. A lot of them I'd seen online anyway, but I was like, great, yeah, I can watch them on my big telly properly. And I was just falling in, in love all over again with improv. And I, at that time in my life, I... I was kind of looking for something new and I knew I was looking for something new. I, I knew that I'd kind of reached a point in my life cycle where I needed something new because I was very much stuck in a doing the same thing, the, the same routine all the time with the same people. And I felt I needed something new. And when I, I actually searched for a few things and I, I did start with a ballroom dance class because I thought, oh, you know, I love to dance. Really? Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, I'll get myself along, meet new people. That might broaden my horizons. And for whatever reason, I just didn't take to it. I think. Not two left feet, was it? No, no, no. Look, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't dance and I do love to dance. But I think I thought I was going to go and, and find friends, but I, I wasn't really finding friends because it was really just full of couples and they were working on their routines and I was just being passed around from sort of old lady to old lady each week and it was lovely and I was having a nice time but I was like it's not giving me the feeling that I wanted and then just after a binge watch of, of Who's Line I just thought hold on a minute I love this why don't I do this as a teacher I basically do it all day long I just stand up in front of the class and say jokes off the cuff all day long. I was like, surely there's got to be something around. And then I searched and there was an LCI class in Chester that very week. It, this was a Sunday night. And I, I just got the details. I messaged Emma, sort of introduced myself. And she basically said, oh, we've got one space left uh, this Friday in, in Chester, if you want to come. I said, yes, yeah, <laughs> sign me up. So I, I, I went along and this was February of last year. I was hooked from the beginning, and then. Can I just ask, yeah. can I just ask you when when you first just before you first went on? How did you feel? I, I was super nervous. Um, yeah, and I am the sort of person that gets nervous without knowing that I'm nervous. I only know that I've been nervous when I look back on situations, and um, I, I remember distinctly turning up. Uh, finding the place was quite hard. It was in quite a random place, and I remember driving there. I, this feeling in my stomach and it was excitement but it, it was nerves and how was it going to go but then it just turned into me actually genuinely just really needing the toilet and by the time I got there and found a place and, and and parked and then I was going in into the building trying to find out where I need to go I was so desperate for the toilet I saw the room and I just bypassed it and ran to the nearest toilet and uh, got myself sorted and then I was like okay right calm myself down I can go in and I remember walking in and everyone was just so welcoming and that 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 in itself was awesome because i'd been doing that that dancing but everyone was keeping themselves to themselves and then instantly i was like oh oh these people are welcoming me in and they're talking to me and um that was great and uh, yeah that session was just awesome and i spoke to emma afterwards and she told me about the monday sessions in lci and that coincidentally clashed with the dancing that i'd been doing and i instantly just said well forget the dancing because i i feel I feel a love for this, the dancing I wasn't feeling it for. So like me getting to Liverpool on a Monday night is not the easiest thing based on where I live and traffic and trying to get out of work on time. But I was like, no, 
I'm going to give it a go. So the very next Monday after the Friday, I turned up. And then the Saturday after that, I ended up doing a full afternoon, like six hour session in Liverpool again. And then I was managing to make it to those Monday sessions. And then the pandemic hit. Wow, that's that's amazing. I mean, starting that early as well for the, you know, for the improv, like sort of, you know, when you were eight or, or so, you know, you've had a ground and whereas some of us haven't, but obviously then coming back to it. Um, so what what's your, your favourite form of, of improv? For would me, I would definitely say short form. I love, I love short form. Off-the-cuff jokes, the first thing that comes into my head, um, I love comedy, but I'm not, I'm not really a comedian because I don't remember jokes. I just, I love just making up puns and uh, playing on words, anything like that. And that's, that's what I've always loved. I've, I've done a lot of hosting of things over the years and I've, I was on stage a lot with my band, but anytime I've been on stage with a microphone in my hand, this, this different person comes out and I love that, that side of me. And then I found out in improv, I'm like, oh, this side of me just comes out and I'm not on stage with the microphone. It's, it's just this great outlet. Just You are fun master, aren't you? Uh, well, yeah, people tell me. And, you know, <laughs> it, I can't tell you how happy it makes me when people say that because in my normal everyday life, I crack jokes all day long and people roll their eyes and shake their head. And, and sometimes... I sort of think, well, why do I bother? But then in improv, everything that I do and say is, is so embraced. And I'm just like, oh, this is why I bother. Because people do actually genuinely like it, really. Yeah, it's it's funny, really, because obviously I've been on a lot of, um, of imp improv uh, Zooms with you. And I see the little hand go up and then the face, the smile. And I think <laughs> there's one brewing. There's definitely one brewing there. There's a joke brewing. And sure enough... It builds and then we get the pun and everyone starts laughing. It's really, really cool. <laughs> well, thank you. And what I like is as a comedian, it's like your job to be funny. People are expecting you to be funny. In improv, you're, like, you're not expected to be funny. And I don't, I don't necessarily try to be funny. I don't turn up and, and try to be funny. Things just happen and things come out of me and people laugh. And I love that. But I have discovered that I do enjoy sometimes getting into some of the long form stuff and, and trying some of those scenes because I think at the heart of it, I just love performing. And yes, my natural go-to is, is just that silliness and, and the plays on, on words and the puns. But sometimes if I can get into a really deep scene, it reminds me like, oh yeah, I actually really enjoy acting as well because yeah. in life I'm pretty chill I, I i i'm not really into drama in my life i like everything to just be sort of you know status quo middle middle of the road don't get too excited don't get too upset about things so those opportunities to actually bring emotions out of me that normally don't sort of exist in me it's very it's very um therapeutic i guess yeah yeah um what would you say your comedy influences were are where Oh, well, my, I always say my favorite comedian is Tim Vine. I have loved Tim Vine for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, and I saw he, him a few years he's ago. Miss, he's master, pun master, master, isn't he? Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, like some people, like you said before, like I'm the pun master, whatever. I don't even, 
I don't think I'm anywhere like close to his level because to me he's 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 like a pun god. But uh, I've had some people say to me that they actually prefer my puns to him, which which is mental to me to even get my head around. But you know, very flattering at the same time. But yeah, Tim Fine, I actually have a very varied tasting in comedy in fact i have a very varied taste in everything i'm not the sort of person that you can just pigeonhole and say he's that type of person that likes that type of stuff because i like a lot of different things and for me i love i love puppets any anything with puppets and comedy whether it's the muppets whether it's jeff dunham uh anyone um uh Someone's name has just escaped me. I'm having a brain fog moment. Nina, Nina Conti. Oh, yeah. Nina yeah, Conti. Yeah. I love Nina Conti. I, I love things like like Harry Hill. Like Harry Hill's TV burp is so genius to me. So wacky and zany, isn't it? Yeah. And he's such an intellectual person. And he knows that what he's doing is silly, but people buy into it anyway. And it's so good. And, you know, I love sitcoms and things. I love not going out uh, with Lee Mack. And Tim Vine used to be in that. Uh, So comedy influences physical comedy. I've said this maybe, I think I've said this on the podcast once. I love the Chucker Brothers. Okay. I grew up watching the Chucker Brothers. And it's physical comedy. And it's it's so well executed. To look that silly and look that silly well takes so much effort. And I thought they were great when I was growing up. And there was a TV show called Maid Marianne and Her Merry Men. Oh, yeah. And that still to this day makes me laugh I'm, i'll watch it now and i'm like it's very on pc <laughs> like you wouldn't get away with the jokes these days for children but that was basically blackadder for children uh, yeah. oh blackadder mr bean love mr bean again it's physical it's silly uh, it's it's not something that, that's trying to make political statements it's not something that's trying to make you think it's just something that's trying to make you laugh and that's what i like just people not trying to be too clever just trying to be silly basically yeah yeah well i knew that you liked tim vine so what we're gonna do is uh, i've got three um jokes puns from tim vine i want you to see if you can finish it off okay finish one off okay so the first one i phoned the local gym and asked if they could teach me how to do the splits they asked me how flexible i was and i said uh i can't do tuesdays yeah, that's exactly right. You even got the day right. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> right, next one. This policeman came up to me with a pen and a very thin piece of paper. He said, "Oh, policeman came up to me with a pen, a very thin, and a very thin piece of paper." Oh, I'm annoyed at myself because I can't think. I want you to trace someone for me. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's I really think good. this one's my favourite. This one's my favourite. Last one. I met this bloke with a didgeridoo and he was playing Dancing Queen on it, I thought. Oh. Um, Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen didgeridoo. Do you know, I can't think. Indigenous. But... Oh, say again. So, Indigenous. Abba. <laughs> that's, that's aboriginal oh of course do you know <laughs> when you hear it it makes so much sense but i'm actually quite glad that i didn't guess them all because yeah because if i if i was to go 
to to see like if I went to Tim's Vine show and I predicted everything he was going to say, it, it would be quite boring. But like sometimes I can see where he's going, and sometimes I can't. And sometimes if I'm in the right frame of mind, like if I was in my improv mindset right now, I might have been thinking on a different wavelength. Uh, yeah. But yeah, all of those jokes are excellent. And yeah. I'm glad I got <laughs> at least one of them. Yeah, even the day. I was really impressed. <laughs> um, okay, so you're, you're a teacher. A lot of people know that you're a teacher. Yeah. And we know the kids improv things to get out. I didn't do it, sir. I didn't do it, sir, because... So you must have heard some funny things. Do you ever use improv skills in your, in your workplace, Tom? I use improv pretty much all day, every day, because yeah. I, you know, I work in a primary school and no one day is the same. Every day you are faced with questions that you've never been asked before. You're faced with situations that you've never, never had to deal with before. And they say as a teacher, you make more decisions every minute than a brain surgeon. And I'm very conscious that every decision I make could impact a child for the rest of their life. So mm. I, I have to make sure what I'm doing is is right for the children and improv I think really helps me for that because it means I can make snap decisions and then be good decisions like 99% of the time yeah that's 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 brilliant yeah so um would you say that uh you feel as though you are now at point with the improv that you can go into different troops different sort of areas of and you feel confident enough i mean you, you've got i know you do the oikers don't you and i don't know whether everybody knows the reason why they're called the oikers but would you like to tell everyone yeah sure uh I, the story what i like about this story is uh, you know because i have spoken to some of the oikers on this podcast and i let them tell their version of the story and although our stories are all basically the same we all tell it slightly differently it's a bit like the bible i guess um so the Oikas came about, we were regulars going to LCI intermediate sessions mm -hmm. and Emma basically said that we should go off and be a troop. And then we were like, yeah, she said that we were good enough. And we were like, awesome. Emma believes in us. That's good enough for us. Let's give it a go. So we kept the same night that we were going to the LCI sessions and, and said let's just go alone and see what we come up with and every week we get together and we laugh and have a great time and you know we take it in turns to to lead the sessions and and it, it's just great fun and the name came about in an LCI session it, I think it was in our second or third term I, I feel like it was the second term that we did and we were in a, a session and Heather Dickinson who is someone yes. I've not actually I've not actually played uh, online improv with Heather for a while actually we haven't crossed paths but she is uh, a really good friend that I've made over the last year and yeah. you know improv has brought me many great things including some wonderful friends yourself included and <laughs> Heather is notorious for making uh, typing errors she makes a lot of typos when she types and. <laughs> She typed in fruit oikers as a suggestion instead of fruit pickers. Emma just went with it and said fruit oikers. I was in a scene with Mark Turpin. We created this whole scene about how we were 
graduating from fruit oiking college we were going to be professional fruit oikers and, and there was all this silliness around that uh we had a, a big laugh about it as a group afterwards and then we were chatting about it on, in a facebook group uh, later that night and i think i just said i think we found our name our improv troop name and it, it stuck um yeah there's quite a lot of um of people from the from the lci from the it was what was it the long form class was it or uh, yeah, it was just called the advanced. Yeah, it wasn't long form, just advanced class, I think. Yeah, I, some, I, yeah, some really, really great improvisers, and um, obviously we've done a show with you, uh, the Glosser. Yes. The Glosser, this show recently as well. That was a good. Uh, that was a good one. And that was weird. So yeah, you asked me about playing with different troops, and I do. Yeah. I, I yeah. am a member of Glossop Improv as well, and I regularly. Uh, play with them every week and do their shows but this time it was the oikers um guesting with gossip so i was I, I was among friends both sides because i was there representing the oikers but still with all my friends from gossip um but yeah i don't i'm never against going to new sessions and trying new things i enjoy the comfort of playing with people that i play with a lot because mm. I, I always talk about reading the room and when I'm with people I I know, I know where I can take scenes. Not that I, I'm I'm never like I don't swear as a person in life, so I'm never concerned about the language that I use, and I'm I'm not a particularly offensive person. But sometimes I do like a bit of innuendo, and I like to be able to know who I can go that route with. And I also like I kind of like dropping people in it in scenes. And yes, yes, I, would, I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would only do that with people I'm comfortable with. So, <laughs> so I do enjoy that comfortable environment. I'm always apprehensive about going and trying new things just because you never know what the dynamics going to be and if it's going to be as good as all the good things I've already had. But, uh, yeah. you know, I'm never adverse to it. It's just, no. it is nice to have a, a comfort zone. Well, when I said, yes, I know about you, <laughs> I can remember one particular class or one particular um drop-in i think it was and um somehow it was emuids flown too close to the sun <laughs> and you then <laughs> said if you can remember what you said you know, I, I can't. Ends, yeah well you you said about El, um, an Elton John sings song about emu. So we, we sang um, oh, yeah. an improvised song <laughs> to the tune of Candle in the Wind about emu. Yeah. And, and everyone joined it. It was the funniest thing it really was. <laughs> and I did, I did something last night in the Glossop Improv session yes, where I did. dropped people in you it did. as well. You did. With, <laughs> with, the, with the spigots. Yeah. This is all a bit in jokey, but it is it is funny when you're given a word and you don't know what it is and then you're just improvising um what you think it is. <laughs> but it was the the end line of the it, we were playing um string of pearls, was it? Yeah, string of pearls. Yeah, yeah. And the end line was so boys and girls, that is the definition of the spigot. So we had to make sure that everything that we did beforehand sort of ended with with that, which was really difficult because no one knew what the bloody Alice figure was. <laughs> yeah, that was good fun. That, that was fun, that. So 
Um, what would you say, like, sort of a lot of people, I know I've said it on, on the podcast with you as well about light bulb moments and everything, but, um, you know, when you've been going along, what sort of light bulb moments have you sort of, oh, my God, and I'll get it, or I'll put that in the toolbox, or, you know, something that people listening might say, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll never even thought of that. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Although I'm, a, although I'm a teacher, I don't really think I'm a very good student because i don't i don't go to classes and make notes and, and and i take on board what i'm taught taught in classes but i just let it naturally soak in i think for me my light bulb moment was that first session i went to the lci session my light bulb moment was where where has this been my whole life why have i taken this long to find this and yeah. then you know i think I probably learn something every time that I improvise, but I don't think about it, if that makes yeah. sense. I know yeah. okay. I know lots of people in classes make lots of notes and take the time to really study on, on things. And I, I make sure I go to classes and I learn from doing, but I don't I don't really reflect on it. I just let it sink in. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Some people don't need to it's like People that, you know, kids that I went to school with, some don't have to revise, some do, you know, yeah. some some just keep it in the back of their, like, little filing cabinets in the back of their head and then use it. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting to see, like, sort of different people's, um, you know, styles and things. And it's funny with you saying, uh, with you being a teacher, you're not a very good sort of student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as far as like sort of um, improv have brought a lot of good things to people, there's one really, really good thing that um, has happened to you with uh, a certain person. Yes, um, that's correct. With the lovely Seki Tabasuarez. Um, yes. That's just a real nice story um, for the Liverpool Comedy Improv uh, and, the, and obviously the Glossop community. Because um, Emma must feel like still a black there, you know. And I suppose if it was a show, it would be, well, um, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Zoom date. And here is your host, Miss Emma Bird. And then <laughs> you'd be on one side and second, you'd be on the other. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the thing, the thing with Seki, it blew my mind because I'd been doing improv sort of on, online so much. I was doing it, I think, four times a week, maybe five times a week, all through the lockdown. And I'd had that period of doing it just before we went into lockdown. And I was just in love with improv. And I was just meeting so many awesome, awesome people. And then when Seki and I ended up in, the, in a session together for the first time, it's, it's us being in that session, like so much had to happen for us to be there. That in itself is a long story, but we ended up in a session together for the first time. And from the moment I saw her, I, I mean, this sounds really cheesy. I, I hate sounding this cheesy. I fell in love literally from the, the moment I saw her, I was like, wow, who is this? Who is this incredible person I'm looking at? And to me, it was, it was just one of those things. I, I just thought, I'm just going to look from afar. She's way out of my league. She made me laugh so much in that first session. Yeah. And we got talking after that session 
and then we didn't speak again for a week. We spoke, I don't know, for maybe a good hour, just like messaging back and forth. And then the next week happened, we saw each other online. And then what actually happened was, so the second time we improvised together, I had my guitar handy. And in a scene, she wasn't in the scene, she was just watching the scene. But in a scene, I just got my guitar out and I did some musical improv off the cuff, but for the first time, getting my guitar out and improv. And then because it was the first time I'd ever used my guitar, I didn't know how well the guitar would come across. People love the scene, but at the end of the session, I just said, can I just ask before we go, what did my guitar actually sound like? Could you hear it? Could you not really hear it? And then Emma said, oh, I'll tell you what, Ian, if, if you want, we can arrange to get together some time and just have a bit of a techie uh, work out what works, what doesn't work, how to get the best out of your guitar. And then Seki just said, I'll do it. And I was like, oh yeah, awesome, great. Thinking she was just being nice. And then we spoke again after that session. And then she was like, oh, I can do it now if you want. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And then we did what we said we were going to do and we did the sound checks and all that kind of stuff. And then we just got talking and we, we spoke till like 3 a.m. in the morning. Wow. And then the next day, uh, we chatted again, and then it was seven o'clock in the morning. And I was, and again, I'm going to sound cheesy. So I've spent my entire life listening to songs about love and seeing films about love and hearing people talk about love and myself writing songs about love as a songwriter. I've written so many love songs, not based yeah. on my own feelings, but just based on what I think love songs should be. And then yeah. I met Seki, and I actually. I actually discovered what love is. I didn't know what love was until I met Seki. And that's, I was never really looking for it. I, I've had a very busy life. I've dedicated a lot of time to my work with, with children and studying. And I was, I was always very busy, but I literally out of nowhere, Seki came along and I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. This is what, this is what love is. And this is, this is taking my life to the next level. That was fantastic. That is that's such a nice story and such a success story. I can hear how we're talking. I can hear the, the listeners going, ask him, ask him, ask him. How many hats have you got? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got a lot of hats. And there is actually a very good reason for me wearing hats. I don't just wear hats because I think they make me look cool or anything like that. Um, but it, it's due to a medical issue. Oh. Why I wear hats, which I will explain because it's not an issue anymore, but I've got a lot of hats and I'm not in my, my normal improvising space of my own bedroom right now, but normally behind me, if you look carefully when I'm in my bedroom, which is the room you might see where there's lots of pictures of celebrities on my wall that I've met at comic cons yeah. in that room yeah. behind me, I've got a big stack of like trilbies and similar types of hats. And I've got a big stack of caps and they are what I call my in circulation hats. Uh, so basically, I have enough hats to cover any color scheme I might wear. And right now, I'm wearing a red top, so I'm wearing a red hat. Yeah. That's yeah. how sad I am. I put that much effort into to getting dressed and making sure my hats match what I'm wearing. Oh, excellent. You've got a hat that matches your outfit as well. I am super yeah. impressed right now. I've just got a gray hat on. I've got a gray t-shirt on. <laughs> um, but... I've also got like a whole cupboard full of, of extra hats and older hats and things that are not in circulation right now. So I got a lot of hats and the reason I wear a hat is, uh, I, I won't go into the full details of it, but basically I was born with a rare form of cataracts 
I was uh, quite blind for many years and was going to be completely blind at some point in my life if it wasn't for medical science. And I discovered early on in life that when I had a hat on, I didn't have a squint. Okay. And then it just became my thing. I wore caps. And then, you know, we spoke to the school when I was in school and they let me wear a cap for school. And then uh, uh, for quite a few years as well, like I had to wear permanently really dark tinted glasses. So it always looked like I was wearing sunglasses and a cap. So in school, Mm. I I don't know what people thought of me in school, really. Um, But (laughs) there I was just in my cap and my my shades all the time to what it looked like to the outsider. Um, And then... When I was 17, I had my first operation and one of my eyes was fixed. And then I could see in a way I'd never seen before. And I'm known for liking bright colors. And I think it's because I could see bright colors when I couldn't see things properly. Um, And then I had my other eye done. So I had my form of cataracts was quite weird that it had it was in particles and it wasn't solid and it was always moving around. So every day my sight was different. And the, the light bounced off that and caused me all sorts of headaches. So the peak on the cap always stopped that. And so even though I had my left eye done, I still really needed to wear a cap as often as possible. And then I had my right eye done when I was 29. And then I was like, oh, I technically don't need to wear a hat anymore. But I spent all my life wearing a hat. And if I don't wear a hat, I feel a bit naked. It's a bit weird. Well, you wear the however many you've got well anyway. Mate. Oh, thank you. you. Look- you look good in them, and Thanks. anyway, we, you you've got you get called the in the hat on um, on gossip anyway, don't you? Yes, because I do. The as well, so you have to wear it then. Yes, I do indeed, and I see it, it is my gimmick. Like I don't need to wear the hat as much now, and around the house, I don't wear a hat like whereas I used to wear a hat all the time. But now I'm like, oh, I'm doing improv. I've got to make sure I got a hat on because I see it as my gimmick. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> uh, so what do you see for yourself in the future then? Um, you know, obviously we've had unusual times which have brought out like sort of, you know, the, the good things with this, with the Zoom prop and everything and everyone that we've met. I mean, I, I've never met you in person, which is weird, isn't it? You yeah. know, you feel as though you know, know somebody, but you think, hold on a minute, I've never met them. Um, so when we are released if you like or whatever it is yeah. or freedom what's what's installed for you Ian? so i think it's going to be a hybrid of i will still continue to do improv online the oikas will continue to be an online um, group that meets but we will try and put on in-person shows mm-hmm. i will continue to get to lci when i can whether that's online or making it to some of the drop-ins in person. I'll still look for courses that are out there. I'll still uh, be a part of Glossop Improv, which will be continuing online. I will still look to improvise in in various jams and drop-ins because I I love uh, improv with people from different countries that, you know, it's possible for us to get together. So I don't really... We've got to continue that. Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, so I don't really know what's in store, but I I know whatever is in store, I'm going to love it and it's going to be awesome. And you're going to be very happy as well in your your private life. Oh, yeah. Like moving forwards, I can't even really explain to people. I feel really bad in some ways because I know some people the last 
year and a half or whatever has just been a terrible time and i know yeah. not everyone wants to hear someone saying oh like this terrible time has been like the best time in someone's life but for me you know if the pandemic didn't come along i wouldn't be in the situation i'm in now it's and I, and i think in some ways it's awesome that people have been able to take something so terrible and like spin it into a positive in some way because i'm not the only one lots of other people have, have had yeah positive yeah. times and yeah i think for for these life-changing positive things to come out of something so terrible you know it, it it makes me feel a certain amount of um appreciation for just how good life can actually be if, if we allow it yeah yeah i totally get that i mean i'm i'm the same the improvisation um world has just really helped me right the way through the, uh, the the pandemic, you know, and obviously I was doing like sort of physical stuff for a couple of months before um, the, the the lockdown, but now started doing the um, the improvisation in the park, which you've got to come to. It's fantastic, and anyone else listening, it's brilliant. Hour and a half, um, but it's just so freeing and yeah. you know that was another one that was one of my light bulb moments ah i get it now some <laughs> of the games the physicality swipe left yeah oh i love that game you know that it works you know it, it works on zoom but it really works yeah and, and, you know it's actually that was one of the first games i played uh with emma in real life <laughs> oh yeah so you're in the square and you were given yeah. like stuff you know, the scenarios and swipe around and then you went round and then come back and see where that particular scene was was um was up to and then the conclusion. It's just so good, but you we just have really funny fun times, games and, and all that. So all that, you you know, when we can all meet, it's just gonna be brilliant. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know. For me um, it's just schedule. I would definitely have been already if if I wasn't sort of sort of bound to different responsibilities I have on the weekends right now, but I will get there definitely through the school holidays, I hope, which are coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We'll definitely all have to get together. And, um, you know, if there's anybody, I say, anyone listening or whatever, you, you want to go to the um, Prov in the Park, um, in Prov in the Park, just uh, get in touch with Emma. So, yeah, so that's brilliant. Ian, I, I really enjoyed our talk. Yeah, well, thank you so much. In your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for offering to do this. Uh, for me, like the the podcast in itself was was something I was so honoured to be asked to do by Emma, and you know, I I didn't know how to do a podcast until Emma asked me, "Would I be interested in doing a podcast?" And look at where we are now. You know, this is episode twenty five of a show that I'm really proud of. You know, it it I feel. Yeah. It's. I, you should. Sure? Oh, thank you. you. Really, really. When when we started, I think I thought I knew what I wanted the show to be, but as time's gone on, I've realised really what it should be, and I th I I think, um, like the conversations I've been able to have with people are just so so awesome. And people are so great to talk to because I improvise with so many people, but to actually get to know people's stories through this podcast. I would say that this has helped me become far better friends with a lot of the improvisers just because it's given me a chance to properly sit down and talk with people. Yeah. 
and yeah i just lots of people kept saying to me oh when are you going to be a guest on the show and i was like i'm the host i'm not going to be a guest on the show what are you talking about and then uh, it, it's happened that that you're here today interviewing me and it's it blows my mind that yeah you know what we're doing is quite niche for the people in it it's awesome but on the grand in the yeah. grand scheme of life it's quite niche and yeah. to know that the people in this little community are enjoying what i'm bringing to the community I, you know i feel i feel very happy about that and um i'm always nervous about about the podcast every time i'm getting ready to interview someone even if it's someone i know well i'm always nervous and i'm nervous because i care about it and i want it to go well and i want people yeah. to enjoy it um and always after an interview i'm i'm super happy and I'm like, oh yeah, that was awesome. I can't wait for people to hear that. But always before an interview, I'm really nervous about it. About yeah, I've had 25 of them to, to, to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just been really really good to um to I've just enjoyed finding out about what makes Ian tick. Um, and so thank you everyone for listening and for your ongoing support for the podcast. I'm sure Ian's ready to do the next 25. Um, I've had such a lovely time and so it's my turn now to pass the baton back to Ian God knows what he'll turn into but anyway, <laughs> take care see you soon or in person bye now thank you so much and there we go can I just say a massive thank you to Jeff once again for coming in and doing this today. He did a fantastic job. He really made me feel at ease throughout the interview and I loved his questions and I loved where the conversation went. As always, normally it's, it's me on the other side thinking, oh yeah, I've only just scratched the surface. There's so much more. Uh, that I could have asked and I feel yeah I was so just in the zone answering those questions I feel I could have just spoken for days uh, to give him like even more insightful answers so an excellent job thank you very much to Jeff for coming on and doing this I do hope to get Jeff back on again one day in the future I'm very keen once we start getting back into a lot more in-person improv about getting guests on that of focused on talking about improv on zoom and you know i'm keen to see how people feel when they get back out into the real world uh, so that is definitely a future episode i hope will happen I, I really can't put into words just how enjoyable that was i really enjoyed being a guest you know i always love being the host of the show i love the show i think what we are producing every week with every episode is really compelling and funny and insightful and i am very honored to be in this position to bring this show to you to be a guest on this show i you know i feel honored as well the fact that people wanted me on as a guest they wanted to hear my story i feel very humbled to be in that position so thank you very much to anybody that reached out and, and asked for an episode where i'm the guest and so much appreciation to jeff for coming on and being such a fantastic host and a big thank you to emma bird for making this happen 
If you're interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram we are at Live Comedy Improv. We also have a Facebook page where you can find us, just search for Liverpool Comedy Improvcast and on that page you'll get a new trailer of next week's episode dropped every Thursday, a new episode link drops every Monday when the show goes live and you can just follow everything show related on that Facebook page. If you're a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we will make the arrangements as soon as possible. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts please like the show, subscribe to the show, give us a five star review, anything you can do to help get our name out there and boost the show would be very much appreciated. If you want to check me out on social media you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Just search for at Ian Luke Jones on my YouTube channel there's all sorts of videos that tickle your taste buds so please check out my youtube channel in particular there's lots of improv videos on there which will hopefully uh, make you giggle if nothing else now before i go here are some words as always that are wise 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 always remember whatever the situation to treat life like improv and yes, and...